0: How do we attract the consumer? How do we serve the consumer? How do we make the consumer happy? So being able to speak to them every day, 40, 50, 60 hours a week, have that conversations about what what are they really looking for? What do they need? What do they want? And how do they want to get it? How do they want to find it? And how do they want us to bring them along?
1: Welcome to Hearts and Carts, the CPG podcast, the podcast about the people behind the products that are winning hearts and filling carts. This cast is for anyone with an interest in the world of consumer products. We're your hosts, Justin Osborne and Alex Hill, and our mission is to bring you weekly content that helps you be a better and more informed CPG professional. Welcome back to another episode of Hearts and Carts, everyone. It is... Alex, your co-host, and I'm here with Justin, and we are getting prepped for a great conversation with uh, one of Justin's former colleagues from Vega. Justin, who are we going to be chatting with today?
2: Yeah, the the Vega network is pretty cool. You meet a lot of interesting people that worked at Vega and have gone on to do some really cool things. And and this gentleman definitely fits in in that mold. Um, we're meeting with Mike Reams, who is the North American Director of Sales for Cost Naturals. I worked with Mike at Vega for about three years while he was the strategic account manager over vitamin channel. Um, Got to know him really well, always impressed with his work there and what he was able to do in that channel, just the way he articulates sales and and his view on all things CPG. So really excited to get into this one. Agreed. I, I thought Mike
1: does an amazing job articulating a lot of different aspects of the consumer products business. And, and, you know, it's a really informative conversation we had with him. So excited to share it with all of you. If you're not already, follow us on social media, either Instagram or LinkedIn. And um, if you have a moment, a five-star review on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify is so very appreciated. Without further ado, let's jump into the conversation. What?
2: Food is me medicine, food is me cure. Food that gets far from the hospital. Food is me medicine, food
1: is me cure.
2: Morning, Mike. Good morning with the video on there. I'm hey, sure there Justin is seeing... Yeah, I missed that beautiful face. How are you doing, man? Good, man. How are you? I'm good. Look at you got the branded Under Armour shirt. I love
0: it. We try hard. We try hard, man. Um,
2: <laughs>
0: one thing we do not skimp on is quality. And that, that goes all the way down to the polos and the pullovers, my friend.
2: Yeah, I love that, man. That's, that's okay. good. How's how's everything else going with you? Personal life, it's good, good
0: man. Everything good. Everything's great. You know, just um, <clears throat> I'm down in Florida right now we're at the Soho Show, so I'm hanging out here, kind of less craziness. I got your emails, and I was like, oh man, this is a great weekend for me not to have to uh, navigate around that, right? I kind of <laughs> forgot I was away, and then when I realized it after we booked the time, in, I said, this works out, it works yeah. out really well as a matter
2: of, as a matter of fact, I can I can guarantee some quiet for for forty to sixty consecutive minutes. Yeah, instead of maybe kids running around in the background or something, which might be my case. Yeah. We'll have to see. All, all good, man. How's everything going on your end? I'm good, man. Life's good. I've, I've moved from downtown Vancouver out to Vancouver Island to, You know, get a bit more space, live out in the suburbs now that uh, now Leo's three. So a bit of a big move there and working remotely and life's good. Yeah. I can't believe he's three, man. That's nuts. Yeah, it feels like... Yeah, I know. I, I remember talking to you, oddly enough, when we were first telling people that My wife was pregnant. We were at uh, like our North America meeting in Vancouver. I remember I started telling people, I remember you talking about (laughs) your kids and stuff. Yeah, it doesn't feel that long ago, does it? But it was almost four years ago.
1: I feel like COVID kind of dilated time in everyone's memory. Like (laughs) it's.
0: Well, that's definitely part of it. But the other thing, kids in general, I'm here with a friend of mine that I've worked with a long time ago and I've known him forever. (laughs) And we're talking, he has twins, he had kids before I did, and his twins are 10 now. Wow. And then we're in the car yesterday, we all showed up at the same time, so we drove over to the hotel, and it was one of those things, it was like, oh my god. And yeah, I remember when his wife was pregnant, and I was, you know, I had just gotten married, I think, or was about to get married, and I remember thinking, yeah. oh man, this guy's having kids, Maddie's having kids already? And yeah. they're they're 10, it's, my kids, are daughter just turned 8, my son's six and a half, and it looks like he's yeah. 12, he's a giant, but uh, <laughs> he's never, it doesn't slow down for you, which is cool, but... It's good to hear you're working you're working from home full time it sounds like that's that's the life right there.
2: Yeah. It is it is nice like Alex and I have talked about this on the podcast and otherwise a few times and it does add a lot of extra time like when I was commuting from Vancouver into Burnaby it was you know, 30 45 minutes each way <clears throat> so that's an hour and a half right there that you're out of the house that in theory now I'm I'm home for right like I can easily pick him up from daycare which is great spend time with him right after you know so things like that, it, it's a lot of extra time in the mornings and nights that are really nice, right? Yeah,
1: I think mean, you do the math on that; it works out to close to six weeks of vacation away from your steering wheel. So, yeah, yeah. so like th- some like yeah. three hundred hours
2: over a year. Yeah, and if you go back to like the days of like when I was commuting like to Mississauga to those places, and I was like two hours each way a day. I mean, I don't even want to start thinking about that again. That was that was silly. But
0: well, it's, I, it's nuts because I find that you do. It doesn't only give you more time back just to commute. It's not a a one-for-one trade-off. Because what I've found with, you know, I've been doing it a long time working from home, but i found with other people that I talk to too, there's more of a willingness to engage with work outside of your your typical day, right? So Definitely. folks, I think you're more willing to hop on if you wake up, but I do this all the time. I sleep terribly. Right? So I'll wake up sometimes at three thirty, four 4 o'clock in the morning for the day, just because I sleep awful. So, you know, maybe I'll read a book or maybe I'll watch some TV, but You know, maybe something's on my mind for work and I'll just engage. I'll pop in and do what I got to do. Sits it off my plate for later. I'm also more likely everyone in my house goes to bed at like 830, except for me. So same deal. Nine o'clock rolls around. And if there's something that I just, I can't get it out of my head that I want to do a finish today, I can go sit down for an hour and just get it done. Or if I, if I've got a late afternoon meeting the next day, instead of spending the morning tightening things up, I can do it now. I can do it in the evening. Yeah. And I think that just because you have that kind of freedom, flexibility and, and time back I find for me and people I've spoken to, it makes you more willing to do it as opposed to when you had this grind of 6.30 in the morning to 7 p.m. commute, work, all that crap. Every meeting you've been in started 15 minutes late because everyone was getting from one (laughs) meeting to another and getting a cup of coffee, right? You're just like, yeah, you know what? I don't mind. I'll do an extra hour of work. I'm down. I'll log in right now and check it out. So I I think there's a lot of other benefits to that. I know Elon Musk would probably disagree with me, but that's okay.
1: (laughs) If he wants to comment when we post this and disagree, that'd be that'd be fine with us.
0: Yeah, we'll it right. would we'll be all right. He certainly <laughs> might. I mm-hmm. guess he's got something on me, right? He's a billionaire and certainly not. But yeah,
1: he's, he's, a, he's he's done a few things, but mm. yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: And any guy that can go buy Twitter with the change in his pocket, essentially, which is how he treated that transaction, he's probably <laughs> financially and maybe career wise got one or two steps ahead of me. But,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> His success is part of my five-year plan, for sure. That's, uh,
0: <laughs> that's what we're going for. I don't think it's going to be that hard. I need, I need a rocket ship company. I need to bring something like internet to the world. Yeah, how hard could all that be? he doesn't seem like he's that stressed. So I'm good. I mean,
1: yeah, there might be electric cars, but I'm sure there's other types of cars that haven't been invented. So it's, yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, you what, know what I really want to do is I want to find a way to make something that's been around for well over a hundred years and convince the rest of the investing world that they should value it like a completely different type of business. Like he's got a car company being valued like a tech company because it's a fancy car, I want to do that with with coffee makers or something, right? Like <laughs> that's the key. I think that's the genius behind what he did there with those cars—not making totally. the electric cars that are super uh, luxurious, right? Right. So I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna set my mind to that. Maybe who knows? Maybe I'm already doing it with with protein. You never. know. Yeah,
2: exactly. That's what I was gonna say. So let's let's introduce you, Mike, uh, to the the world here. So on today's episode, sure. we have Mike Reams here, who is the North American Director of Sales at chaos naturals i know mike from vega we worked there together for a few years i guess three years it looks like as i as i look on here well a lot of that i was on the sales strategy side and mike was on the strategic account manager side so we worked together fairly closely during that time so he's had a really interesting career starting at like the store level sort of going up to now managing the total North America business for a really exciting brand. I know when we were at Vega, we were talking a lot about this brand sort of growing and blowing up and excited to see all the, the cool things you're doing there. So, Mike, what we like to do is sort of go back to the beginning of your career. You know, like what were you doing when you got out of school? How did you get into the space? How did you sort of kick off your career? And then maybe like, you know, walk us through how you got to sort of where you are today. And we'll ask a few questions along the way. Awesome. So before I do that, I'm going to go a little bit out of order just because that's how
0: I roll sure. um, and give really quick uh, name naming correction here on Kos. We're Kos mm-hmm. Naturals, and I'll give you the really fast background on the name, too, because I remember I've heard everything under the yeah. sun. Kos is the Grecian island which Hippocrates hails from, and okay. Hippocrates said something to the effect of, let food be thy medicine, let medicine be thy food. And we'll talk, we can talk more about it later, but that's essentially yeah. the guiding principle behind costs. It's it's getting healthier through our nutrition and, and getting the good and right types of nutrition. So it's really going back to looking at how Hippocrates saw things. And so yeah. it ties in so well with that. So I'll table the rest of that because I know we'll talk about it later and I'll get back to the, the way you wanted to, to start us off here.
2: Yeah, it's funny because yeah, like, I, I thought that that's, Alex and I had a conversation with this. I thought that that's how it was pronounced. And then when I looked on the website, it had the it had a K, the letter, and then A, and then S. And so I was like, oh, chaos. So my <laughs> bad. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> no, all good. It's a K sound. Actually, it's funny too, yeah. setting
0: up own. I had that conversation with someone. His wife is from somewhere very, very close to that island, Koss. And he said that they own a home very close to there. So he came over, he saw us setting up our displays and stuff, and we we're, were chatting about that. but yeah really interesting name and we dig into it And i think maybe that's something it's on the packaging already kind of a call out and it might be something that we can lean into heavier as we look to, to do yeah. new things but it's a great story when you get into the origin story of the yeah. brand and again For i don't sure. want to talk more about that I don't, want to, I don't want to jump too far away from your format although justin you know full well i <laughs> i'm really good at, at driving conversations in different directions and, and getting us back way later than we wanted to be all good so i'll try to stay on task yeah, but yeah like Like you'd you'd mentioned, I started in this industry on the store level. I was working with GNC when I was in college. And then when I got out of college, I worked at GNC. I started working in the stores, eventually was managing some stores. And it was a really, I think, a fundamental part of who I am and how I kind of view the business now because, and I think retail experience on some level, whether it be getting into retail all the time or having that retail background we you've worked in the stores and understanding what's going on in the store and the consumer journey because that's really what we're all after. How do we attract the consumer? How do we serve the consumer? How do we make the consumer happy? So being able to speak to them every day, you know, 40, 50, 60 hours a week, have that conversations about what what are they really looking for? What do they need? What do they want? And how do they want to get it? How do they want to find it? And how do they want us to bring them along? So that was the first part of, of my kind of journey into this. And I enjoyed it every day. It's it's funny, I, some of my best friends in the world to this day come from working there. My One of my great friends is here in, in Orlando with me now at a different company at Soho. We got to hang out yesterday for the first time in a long time. So I met some great people doing that. And it kind of started that networking and connections that's brought me all the way through to where I am today. So yeah, that was the beginning of the journey though. And the next step for me was going to work for Select Nutrition on the distribution side. At the time, Select was a division of UNFI, the natural natural product side of UNFI. UNFI Wellness now, they're still there. They still have some great people that I used to work with when I was there, still there. So they're they're doing that deal. I worked on the sales team there, was inside sales, and then I was the channel account manager. This is going back far enough when uh, none of us in CPG in our industry knew what to do with the internet. <laughs> amazon was this big scary monster and all we knew was there was a lot of money there right so they they identified that internally tom tom grillet and the team said we need someone who can focus on this stuff and I said Day, hey, i'm kind of young kind of new but i'll do it <laughs> and they said yeah this guy seems like he might know what the heck he's talking about and they were half right and it was a half good idea and i got to learn a ton working with at the time some of some of the Monster online retailers, you know, you guys are probably familiar with Lucky Vitamin. Drugstore.com's not a thing anymore, but they were a huge account for us that we worked with. So I got to get a lot of experience working with folks like that. And it diversified my background. I, I was able to work a little more cross-functionally than I did when I first got there because there's, you know, the bigger the customer, the bigger the logistics issue, or the bigger the inventory issue. So I was able to start touching different teams and that was a ton of fun that's something that i i enjoy to this day is is being cross functional i've i've got a, a deep curiosity for for all things i don't know so i i love taking away whatever i can from any conversation about how are we going to do a better job getting getting product where we need to get it at a at a better price and how can we do this better and you know even if it doesn't touch my everyday function i, I love to know about it learn about it and find out how i can impact it to make us better organization yeah that was a deal i know you kind of mentioned that you saw that I, I broke away career wise from from CPG in the natural products industry. Yeah. That was that was interesting. Money motivated, quite frankly. You know, early in your career you kind of think, oh, I should be making more money. There's more money out there. Sales are sales. I'll sell anything. Uh, quickly realized how wrong I was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I took that left turn. It was one of those things and I tell people this all the time, this industry that we're in selling natural products, selling health, helping people live healthier and better lives, you kind of don't realize, it. at least I did, not that you enjoy what you're doing and, and you like the fact that there's this positive impact until you're not doing it. Yeah. So took a minute and I realized that. And it was one of those things like, all right, how do I get back? <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't realize I enjoyed being in, in the stores, being with the product, talking to people, and then that positive impact when someone buys something and you know they're doing it because they want to get healthier and they want to they want to find a way to live a better life where they're feeling better and, you know, maybe prolong their life or treating something that's bothering them, keeping them from living their optimal life, being their optimal. So I really enjoyed getting back to that. I was really lucky to have that opportunity.
1: Do you feel yeah. like you, you, took, you took anything useful away from that experience? Like I know, because I was recruiting, right? So I know it's yeah. uh, it's a different type of sales. Like it can be, from what I understand, a bit of a grind. <laughs> probably probably some good lessons in there to bring back and a hundred percent. I think, you know, without sounding too negative about the experience because
0: I, I don't want to be, I learned what I don't like. Yeah. And I learned to your point, I don't mind a grind. Everything's a grind in one way or another, yeah. but that type of grind didn't work for me.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: the, the end result just wasn't what I wanted to be doing, what you're selling the way we did it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I learned what I don't like I met some really interesting people and I learned some, some great ways, I think, to interact and to talk. One of the things I took away, I had a, had a VP who said all the time, everybody wants to buy, but nobody wants to be sold. And as cliche as that might sound, it can't be that bad because it's still in my head this many years later. It pops <laughs> yeah. in there. Yeah. I think it's always kind of gelled with the way I like to approach things. I like having you know almost every interaction I have on on the sales side is a conversation. I don't care if I go through a 60-minute meeting and we talk about the product for 20 of it, if we've built a relationship and we've, I understand the needs of, of, of my retailer. and I know what they're looking for and what they want. We can circle back to the, the nuts and bolts of the product sometimes, but I think it's really important for them to know where we're coming from, where I'm coming from, and that I'm here to, I'm here to help and, and yeah. do the right, right thing for the shared business. So I, I think I took some of that away. But more than anything, quite frankly, I learned, I learned how I like to sell, what kind of sales I like to do. And what I don't like.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's very different selling services versus physical products too, right? Like just so so much more real. When you see it all the way to you say you like cross-functional, you would have gotten not much of that. It's like you've placed the person, you're done. Like there's so much more to to experience in, in the world of products.
0: Yeah. And I mean there was something too, I'll be honest, a little bit soul crushing that almost every single Friday you ended up having to call a handful of people and tell them that their contract was over sooner than expected. And, you know, starting Monday, you don't need to go to work anymore. And that was, you know, yeah. that was rough after a while because sure. you're sitting there at five 30 on a Friday, calling people on their way home from work and saying, Hey, by the way, you don't work anymore. That yeah. just got, to, yeah. yeah, it got to be rough after yeah. a while. Um, so that, I didn't mind giving that piece up at all, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was it was great though. There there were some good things, and again, I think I learned a lot about what motivates me. Because at the time, when when you're young and just thinking about how do I take the next step, I want to grow, I want to make more money, I wanna I want to have this title or that title, and I kind of realized pretty quick, no, I don't. Yeah, everyone wants to make more money, but there's this maybe the slow steady path to do that, and I'm less less worried, less concerned with what they call me on my business card. Than with what impact I'm having on the organization and on the folks who are consuming what I'm selling.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. I, I can relate to the sort of natural products, right? Like if you're gonna sell a CPG product, because I've done the exact same thing. I thought, hey, why not sell something that is better for people, better for the planet, right? Maybe better for animals, whatever your motivation is. But you know, if you're if you truly believe a product is like enriching people's lives, then it's a lot more fun to sell. Like <laughs> you have a much more better connection with the product. So I found that with Vega, that, that was part of the reason I went there. And and I'm sure that sounds like part of the reason that you went back to consumer goods.
0: Yeah, 100%. And I think that I've been I've been really lucky to kind of move. I feel like my career is kind of naturally and almost unintentionally taking a progression towards better for you product even within that industry, right? Like after I got, I left recruiting and I was, I was very lucky. So someone that to continue on the career journey piece, I had worked when I was at uh, Select Nutrition one of the brands we worked with, Basic Research, Craig Rich ran the UNFI account for Basic. And he stayed there and he called me up one day and he just kind of said, What are you doing? Because I'm kind of looking for someone in your geography. And I said, Craig, I work for you now, it sounds like. <laughs> and I was really lucky. He brought, he brought me on board. And, you know, first of all, Craig shepherded me through a lot of growth while I was there from kind of, you know, geographically running the Northeast in a region to, coming onto the desk and running our grocery business and then more of our natural side and larger FDM accounts. So I grew in the time I was there to really understand a lot of things. And I, I got a lot of autonomy working for Craig that I hadn't had in the past. He just kind of, he was a guy who said, I trust you, go do it and ask me what you need. You know, tell me when you need stuff mm-hmm. and I'm here for you. So I was able to, I was able to grow a lot there and he kind of brought me back in there. And at basic, you know, we, we owned uh, uh, Cerevital. If you're familiar with Servital, which is an anti-aging brand, we owned Novex Biotech, which is Growth Factor 9 and HestraVax. I actually, work with Shaquille O'Neal now, which is super cool. Shaq is Shaq is all over their website and all that stuff. So I regret not being there to meet that guy. That would have been awesome.
2: But yeah, uh, yeah. he's on my bucket list of people to meet just because I want to see how large of a human being he actually is. Like I need that scale <laughs> just to see it. Once, like I remember as a kid getting the Pizza Hut basketball. Alex, you might remember this. I do remember that, this. that had his hand on it. As yeah. a kid, my my hand was like the size of his palm. I'm just like, how could a human being be that big? I need to see this guy. <laughs> you know, so funny side note. We, I don't know if I hope you didn't make it out to Expo East
0: because if you did, and I was there, and I didn't see, I'm going to be in the no. I wasn't there, unfortunately. <laughs> but the mountain was there from game. Oh of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow. And I, if he's if he happens to hear this, I I profusely apologize for not knowing or being able to pronounce your real name. Please don't come after me, You <laughs> fan, But that was one of those things where you're like, How many feet away I was? Fifty, eighty, and I'm, that is a giant. And I'm really <laughs> far away. As I get closer, he's gonna get bigger. I think I'm gonna stay here. Uh, so I feel yeah, similarly about good. Jack, it was yeah. huge. And I think he's lost weight, as a matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken. I think he actually trimmed down a weight, but he's huge. Yeah, yeah. Uh but yeah, that was so that was a that was a brand where we and we, we own Xantrex and Relicor, which are two of the kind of longest running Diet and weight loss brands in the US. So, working there, you know, we were helping some people, but I think that as I got to Vega from there, it was cool because I went to from a product group that I think people were seeking some help and could get it from the products we made to products and an organization and a, a company that was focused on making sure we were giving folks things that were good for them, good for the environment, good for the planet. We're focused on several different facets. And I don't think it mattered to me before I got there, quite frankly. Mm. And I will say this, and Justin, I know you'll back me up on this. I don't know if I've worked with more passionate people than some of the folks at Vega. And when I say that, I really mean passionate for the mission that they believed in, which it really wasn't business driven, but because the business tied into that passion, I mean, they were so dedicated and it was it was really something to watch and to see. I really enjoyed that.
2: Yeah, I, I arrived as like the, the, the corporate slug from Toronto <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that came in and, and was used to working at, at bigger companies, not so much even SCJ, Alex, but, you know, like PepsiCo and things sure. like that, right? Like huge corporate structures, multiple buildings, like very different way of working. When I got there, it was like it was a completely different world. I showed up i've told this story before mike maybe to you but i showed up for my interview i flew in wore a full suit got there (laughs) there's no one wearing a full suit i looked like (laughs) i looked so silly there are dogs running around everyone's in t-shirts everyone's hanging out like laughing i'm like what am i doing and and i just loved that and i just like grew to love it and and you're right like people were so passionate about animals about the planet about the mission that they were driving all the little things right like like vegan lunch offerings that they had like all those things add up and people were just really in love and invested in the brand like the brand was a part of them they had built it from the ground up mm-hmm. and so it was so intertwined in their lives which was which was really cool
0: yeah, yeah. i think that
2: oh, oh go sorry ahead. alex go ahead go ahead
0: i was just going to comment and kind of back you up i think i'd seen just in the past a lot of times people get invested in the business and yeah. invested in the health of the company and it was different there because so many of those folks were invested in i want to say the brand but really what they it was more than that even it was the lifestyle it was it was yeah they were they were again passion is the only word that comes to mind that i think describes it i think the way i'm viewing it might not even translate because it was they just a fire for for what they thought i mean felt the brand could do even beyond what it did and what it could do it was just, it was it was definitely really cool to see and inspiring sometimes because you know, similar to you, I don't know if I call myself the corporate slug. <laughs> uh, but I kind of did it with more of a more of a dollars and cents mindset a little bit, and it was yeah. it motivated me to do my job better. I, I won't say you know I'm I'm still not vegan, but I could understand and appreciate where that came from, and I think it motivated yeah. me to do things a little bit better and work you know dive in a little bit deeper because I could see that there were people who had that passion. We're all on the same team, pulling the same direction.
1: Yeah. One thing I I was curious about is just differences between working for distributors versus working for a manufacturer like that. And I feel like you've kind of touched one here with the the passion and and the vision, Uh, but is there any others? Like, you know, you say you like working cross-functionally, obviously probably different functions to work with when you're working through the whole, the whole chain of the, of the creation process and everything else, but just curious about any of the differences you, you observed or experienced.
0: Yeah. I mean, first of all, I'd say it was a really big difference to go from having, I think our catalog at Select was about 15,000 items, give or take. Yeah. So to go from selling 15,000 items and wow. hundreds and hundreds of brands, even at Basic where we had multiple brands operating, it was still an offering of probably sub 100 products. And a lot of them were similar. You had, you know, offshoots of, we had three different Xantrex and then a few different types of relicors and things. So they're all very similar to one another. So that was a big difference, I think, just in the day-to-day. What it did allow you to do, I think it made it a little more challenging because if you if you ran into someone who just didn't care about buying a diet pill, and that was a big problem. The diet pill was dying when I was there. So it was challenging sometimes to sell that in, right? If they yeah. didn't care about a diet pill. You were, you were kind of hosed, but- when you had a catalog of 15,000 items, everyone needed to talk to their selector app at some point and they were yeah. all going to buy something. And it was just a matter of, can I get a little bit more as opposed to how can I open this up and how can I, I blow this out. It was more, let me find what they're looking for. Cause I've got something that everyone wants to buy. If they have a health food store, if they have a natural product store, yeah. there's a bunch of stuff I sell that they need. So yeah. that was a big change just from the day to day. Speaking of the cross-functional piece, you you have less opportunity, I think, at a distributor to be involved in it just because of the scale. Yeah, you know, logistics is a lot of folks, and they don't really need your input. And there's not a lot that what you do input is going to do to to change what they're doing on a day-to-day. So there's a lot less cross-functional work with brands. You can get into it a little bit deeper and a little bit more sometimes. And I think that again, our our focus I felt in distribution was selling. We were selling products, we were selling marketing, we were selling marketing space, but we weren't necessarily marketing the brands, doing things to grab attention. Whereas on this side of the business, as you guys know, you're you're figuring out how do we get somebody interested in our product because it's one of 10 mm, yeah. distribution. I've got all 10. I just need you to know that I can sell them and I have them. You pick. It doesn't, doesn't matter too much. On, on the distribution side, I just want to make sure you've got the whole offering and i'd love you to buy it from me. so you've got to get a little more focused when you're selling and when you're presenting your offering you've got to be able to explain key differences in brand key differences in performance key differences in product so it's i feel as though on the sales side it's a much it's different it's different so far as you have to have a much more laser focus on product
2: mm-hmm. yeah makes sense. makes sense one of the things that we like to ask people is how they structure their days to be efficient. You talked a little bit about it at the very beginning, right, with working from home, how you can do things at night after the family goes down, that type of thing. I know you're you know, at a hotel right now in Florida, so it's a little bit different than your regular <laughs> daily routine, but what does your routine look like to be efficient?
0: Yeah, I I, I need to, and I wish I could break, I see so many folks talk about how they don't look at their phone for two hours after they wake up or, yeah. or, or whatever, whatever it may be. I wish I could do that, Same. but... <laughs> I don't know if you have the same feeling, guys, but I can't chase that nagging what happened last night feeling um, yeah. if I don't at least look. I've started to use the do not disturb on my phone, though, until yeah. 7 a.m. I always turn it off early, but uh, <laughs> I at least keep it from waking waking me up unless I, I'm afraid something crazy is going to happen. But I like to look and just know what I've got in store for me. So when I end a day, first of all, you know, the next day starts at the end of the previous day for me. I try to have a rolling to-do list. It's the only thing that's really, really worked to help keep me on task is I've got my list of things I've got to do. And I before I end my day, I carry over everything that didn't get done. I try to reprioritize, move things to the top, star things, whatever works for, for me. And there are a few different ways I do it to make sure I know, like, what has to get done tomorrow? This got moved, but I can move it three more times and it's all good. Or... This better get done before the end of the day tomorrow or I'm, I'm, in, I'm in some water here. So I try to move everything forward. And then I like to get a, a really early jump on what's going to slide its way into that list of to-dos today. I and mean, that can kind of guide a few things. Like when everyone leaves to go to school at 7.15, my wife works at the same school as my kids. So hmm. at 7.15, all three of them are out the door and I'm good to go. So you know that can guide whether or not at 7.15, I can get a quick workout in or I need to get after it. But I try to follow that list. I try to follow it pretty closely. And I try to make sure I check in with it a couple of times a day because I'm sure you guys experience this. Sometimes you get, you get a little caught off guard and a lot starts happening fast. So I try to make sure I have regular times to come back and look at what didn't you do yet, Mike? Yeah. <laughs> what are you putting yeah. off that you can't? Um, and so that, that just kind of keeps me on task because I find that throughout the day there's always something that comes up and there's always someone you end up talking to. And there's always a call that goes long and then a call that you jump on to follow up from that first call. And all of a sudden it's three 30, four o'clock and you're like, Oh man, what happened today? Mm-hmm. So
1: yeah.
0: trying to schedule that time in, I ping myself with reminders throughout the day, either from, uh, you know, from my, my Gmail calendar or on my phone to, you know, where are you at? It'll say something as simple as that. Like it'll literally be a reminder that pops up where are you at. And I can kind of ground myself and where am I at? What didn't, what didn't happen in the first half of the day that was supposed to. So that's more the overview, but that I think yeah. is the days are as fluid as they've been since I've gotten here um, and can change as quickly as they do. Mm-hmm. I've found that that's the best way to do it. You know, at Vega, it was a little bit different because I think we had everyone kind of doing a little bit more of a, of a focused day, right? We all had a little bit, not less on our plates, but more defined roles, mm-hmm. more defined account responsibilities. So that was really easy to easier to stay on task with, but the tasks were sometimes rather cumbersome. And as you probably remember, Justin, they would come at you quickly out of nowhere and needed to be done before you finished reading the email. Sometimes it felt like so that changed things. The dy- dynamic was a little different there and how I handled some of that stuff. But uh, that's that's I think what works for me. I try to keep it simple. I've done almost everything and tried almost everything organizationally. Yeah, and. Overcomplicated is overcomplicated is just what it comes down to. It doesn't work for me.
2: I need it simple. Fair enough. Let's. I'm. I'm a big to do list guy too, and I just. I like write crappy to do lists on a pad of paper and then carry them over as well. So that seems to work for me to check things off. So let's let's talk about your your current role now and what you're doing.
0: Yeah. So the, the really interesting, exciting thing about being here, and I'll bring up before I even get into that. I feel like. So many folks who we knew that were were at at Vega and and moved on seem to have gone into similar types of companies and company structures where they're earlier, earlier stage. Mm -hmm. I think there was an entrepreneurial spirit there that, you know, as Vega grew became less core to the business. They needed less. Right. And I think a lot of those folks who really had that feel and, and wanted that went and sought it out. And that's that brings me back to kind of how I feel and what I what I'm doing now. I get to be Involved in a lot more. So you know, the, the day to day, it's sales, and we're selling, and we're we're making sure that everything from an account standpoint is done. Everyone's taken care of, and as we move through any changes, any new information that has to be disseminated, we're on top of it for all of our accounts. But also, you know, being able to be involved in production forecasting is is so important when you're so close to keeping your inventory levels tight and making sure everyone's got what they need. I and mean, we run we run OTIF you know, on time and fulls are ninety-eight and a half percent or better almost across the board. So it's something we're really nice. proud of that we have a we have an amazing team of of folks that work really hard to make sure that's the case. Sometimes it means a bunch of us are running around in the background trying to make sure it gets done on time, but it does get done on time because everyone is just everyone's all in with it. So being able to jump into some stuff like that on the production side and, and make sure that what we as a team are seeing and selling and doing is communicated in a timely fashion and at the right time, get to jump into that, get to be involved with what what are we looking at, what's next? What are we gonna sell next? What's the next natural progression for us as a as a as a company? I mean, we have some people who are way smarter than me who kind of steer that, but being involved in those conversations and just saying, this is what my customers tell me they want. And this is what I'm seeing in the data. And that's a big part of it too. And a big part of my day is living in the data, you know. We we have amazing folks at spins that we work with that get us some great data. And we have an amazing team that gives us some great reporting through Power BI called Hungry. These guys do a phenomenal job of of dissecting that similar to the tools that we had at, at Vega Justin. I'm so yeah. impressed that a company of you know, you know, the two different sizes of those two organizations and we're able yeah. to have uh, data parsed and broken down for us in in a similar manner. So spending a ton of time in data looking at competitive data, looking at category data, looking at our own data and understanding what's happening, not just our brand, but other brands, and telling that story. You know, We're doing a lot of it ourselves. We're a sales team of three. We've got our chief revenue officer, Derek Deerwater, who is a CPG maven. It's like opening an encyclopedia, whether it be from an account standpoint <laughs> to an account yeah. manager standpoint, who runs that account, who's a category manager. If you want to know what a routing guide says, or you want to know what their, yeah. uh, their policies and practices, Procedures are on a certain thing. It's faster just to ask, right? It's all committed to memory for him, so it's amazing to get that and that knowledge base that he has. But it's Derek, myself, and then we have a Northeast Regional Manager, uh, Spencer Lin, that we work. He's phenomenal too. But it's just the three of us. Wow. So we get, yeah, we're we're t- we're tiny but mighty. We uh, long day, long full days, but we're getting a lot done. I mean, we're very proud of of what we're doing. We're the fastest growing plant based protein brand in Mulo in any time period. Pick a time snap and we are the fastest growing, highest growth rate. Just grab and share left, right, and center. And if you're on LinkedIn, you'll see a couple of really, really exciting announcements. I can say this when we're in Walgreens as of about six days ago, maybe a little bit more. We launched in about almost three thousand Walgreens. And there's some other stuff coming down the pipe that I think is going to be really impressive for for folks to see. We've we've done a lot and it's really exciting and it's a ton of fun. So, you know, as far as that goes, I'm I'm kind of involved and and I get to engage in all of that and Hopefully it's it's all going really well. It seems like it, but it's nonstop when you have a small team of folks who are are so dedicated to growing the brand and and building the brand.
2: Yeah, that that's a small team for the the size of the business that I think you are. So you're three thousand doors at Walgreens. I know you guys have a large online business as well. Any other sort of you know major retailers that you guys are sold in? Yeah, I mean it's a long list. Yeah, you know, we've had distribution at CVS for a little over probably more
0: than 18 months at this point we've been in walmart we actually you know we grew indoor count at walmart in the last modular which we were really awesome. excited about nice
2: yeah
0: yeah and and you know walmart's walmart's great i mean you talk you talk about turning dollars it's a great place to do it you know we just broke into Publix over the summer where I, I hesitate to keep going and leaving someone out but i mean you probably yeah. were full chain at whole foods with protein and with our blue spirulina and our blue spirulina blends our reds and greens. Um, so there's a lot of really cool, fun, exciting growth there too, to come. There's a lot of things that are going to happen in the next few months there. I think that are going to be really exciting. Um, and one of the things we've been told at Whole Foods is we're actually the most accretive protein brand in the set that they have when they brought us in. So it's it's nice to know that we're not just a, another brand and a meat to brand, but we're Making an impact on sales and on the shelf, we're not just grabbing someone else's share. We're creating more, we're growing the pie as opposed to taking a piece of. Um, and you know, total points of distribution, we're gonna crest a hundred thousand pretty soon. And when when I came on board, and this isn't to pat myself on the back, I had very little to do. I had very little to do with it, rather. But you know, in less than a year. Less than a year ago in March, we were, we were somewhere in the 45 55,000 total points of distribution. So, you know, a lot of the groundwork had been laid previously by Derek because it was a team of one. It was Derek knocking down this yeah. distribution until Spencer and I got here in March. And, you know, he had so much of the groundwork laid to get past that 55. And now it's just, you know, a forward, a forward rolling ball. There's a few things I don't want to mention because we haven't, it's not announced mm-hmm. yet, but yeah. uh, new classes of trade that have been opened by the team different places that we haven't been selling that are really exciting that are gonna gonna come down the pipe really soon. So that's awesome to see. And for us to sit back and look at the numbers and, you know, keep an eye on what brands are we passing in a total share capacity yeah. fair market and see that, you know, we're, we're at a stage now where we're putting some key brands that are, you know, getting to be legacy brands kind of in the rear view and that we're we're able to reach more consumers than they are and we still don't have the distribution points that some of the power brands do yet we will fully confident we will and we will fairly soon but to be doing what we're doing while we're still growing into it i think is really exciting it's it makes the day a lot of fun
2: for sure yeah and and it sounds like you guys have done a nice job of going across different channels right like drug mass natural grocery online like that's something that a lot of companies struggle with to be successful in a whole foods but also get into a walmart also get into a cvs right like it is tricky. So it's nice to see that you've been able to kind of expand across all.
0: Yeah. Well, what I noticed there, and I've seen, cause I've seen the struggle a lot over, mm-hmm. over the last however many, 12, 15 years, um, I've seen brands struggle with it. And I think one of the, one of the thing two of the things that are huge, one is you've got to understand how to work on Amazon and have that in conjunction with your brick and mortar business. Because if it gets away from me, it can cause a lot of issues. And I think as a we kind of term ourselves a digital first brand. You know, DTC and Amazon are, are where we grew out of. And it's where, mm-hmm. you know, we have a lot of core competencies in that and in our leadership team. And these are, you know, our our co-founders, Alan, um, pardon me, Alan Stevens, Tony Stahl, they have a lot of competency there. They know it. They know, they've forgotten more than I'll ever know about how to do business on those platforms. And they're just, they're entrepreneurial folks in general. They're, the way their minds work and they problem solve these things is amazing. So and the team that they've put in place to do that they've been phenomenal not only growing the brand online growing the awareness but in allowing us as a total brand to move that awareness to brick and mortar retail and also make sure that we're not letting Amazon hinder letting the way that business online is hinder our perception in brick and mortar which I've seen mm-hmm. a lot in for oh, other brands man. and the other yeah and the other piece is just channel differentiation so You've got to have pricing strategy and structure and offering uniqueness across different channels. You know, if we if we were selling the same protein in Whole Foods as we were in, in Walmart, meaning the same size at the same pricing we'd have a lot of issues, right? So to have multiple offerings that we've nice, you know, nice delineation across channels, I think the eye towards that from the beginning, it's much easier to do it from the outset than to try to stuff all that back in the bag afterwards once it's out. So I think you know the the folks in the leadership team has done a great job keeping that front front of their minds as we move forward. So we know exactly. I mean, internally we all know what we're selling where. You know, you get a meeting, someone books a meeting, no one has to talk about what are we bringing there. We know yeah. what size segment, we know what our what our rankings are, we know how deep we need to go in in a lot of these places. You know, some are. Some places we're going to be successful with two offerings. Some we can be successful with seven or eight different offerings. So we do a really nice job of understanding that going in to try to be set up for success from the outset and to not cause any blurring that we have to deal with later, because it's very, very difficult once you have that in place to to undo it.
2: Yeah, for sure. The channel differentiation is so important, having just the channel strategy, because you're right. Otherwise, if you try and MacGyver it in later... It becomes incredibly difficult, right? So you have to have that on the outset. So that's just that's just good planning. So I mean, hundred thousand points of distribution across almost all channels across the U.S. Getting some momentum in Canada as well. What's what's next for the brand?
0: Well, I think we still there are still some key retailers in the U.S. that we want to make sure that we can we can gain partnership with and work with. I think we want to finish expanding that out because our our honest feeling is that as phenomenal as those numbers are and the growth rate is undeniably insane and it's not you know we do we look at prior period often so we don't look at year over year and get caught up in ourselves and think how amazing we are when we're we're lapping business that wasn't there last year we look at prior period in shorter terms and it's still great growth and it's faster than most other brands you know we pulled a snap for last year which is far away at this point 2021 but there were really two brands that showed share growth last year and it was it was cost and it was So. Anytime that we can have a positive reference with, you know, the undeniable king of the mountain at this stage of the game is is great. And when you can look at all the other power brands that you would include in that plant based protein, and none of them were were in a position to do that, we're really proud of that. But when we look, we also say there are some places where we're still going to gain distribution, we can still knock down distribution. So I think focus is something we've talked about in a few different ways. And I think continuing to keep that focus on on those key points, and then also having Growing share of shelf mm-hmm. is really important for us in, in our existing retail partners. I think it's something Vitamin Shop is a, is a great example of that. You know, we were able to go from our, pro, our core protein offering and our 15 serving proteins at Vitamin Shop. And then in October, we launched in with our beetroot powder, our coconut milk powder, our inulin powder, plus our blue spirulina and a couple of our blue spirulina blends. We'll have more items launching next month. I think our ashwagandha and lion's mane's already gone live on on their website and is rolling out in the stores and we've got another product right behind that in the same reset so we're we're working with three different teams in a place like vitamin shop right now and we're growing share of shelf we're growing out into the stores and we're becoming just more of a brand block and i think that's something that we're gonna really be able to capitalize on you know our superfood boosters our single ingredient products which are all USDA organic they lend themselves so well to our core protein business because ingredient stacking is huge better for you things that we can add to our protein shake you know folks don't just necessarily want to put protein and almond milk in a shaker cup and go for it they want mm. some ashwagandha because they want to you know they want to take advantage of some of the some of the cognitive benefits of an ashwagandha or a lion's mane or a mushroom complex or the additional fiber that we can add or the mcts through the coconut milk powder that we have which is amazing So to to bring those in, you know, blue spirulina powder is something that blew up last year on TikTok in April. It became huge and we were nationally one of the few you could get in retail. You know, Whole Foods Mm, were chain wide with that product. So it was a huge boon for us and it's something that we've now started to be able to grow out in in other places. So bringing that in, becoming more of a, a part of our consumers' staples, more of their pantry so that they can get everything they need from us or more of what they need, more of what goes into that blender can come from a, a brand that they trust for quality, a brand that they can identify with. Yeah. Speaking of cost specifically in this case, of course, but uh, that's, I think that's something that's gonna accelerate the growth even more enough. There are a couple of really exciting things on that front that are gonna happen, and we'll have to talk about it later because I'm not gonna let the cat <laughs> out of the bag just yet. But right. uh, as far as those products go, I mean, the packaging is so exciting. We've got gusset bags, and that's back to better for the environment they yeah. use to get some something like, what is it, 20% less plastic. I did some really interesting math on the protein bags and the carbon impact moving from a a jar, an HDPE jar to to the bag is staggering. When you're talking about it, I ran some really interesting numbers on how many cars it could pull off the road, the equivalent of cars in the United States that it would pull off the road and the carbon emissions, and it's thousands. If you were to switch one retailer to that you're talking Mm -hmm. thousands and thousands of vehicles coming off the road i think it was 2300 was with what it was for 700 and 700 odd store chain Mm -hmm. so what it takes to drive all that hdpe around and to drive empty tubs and everything so it's amazing to be able to do that so we've resized our single single ingredient superfoods into those offerings it's Mm -hmm. far more efficient it's great for shelf efficiency Um, the consumer loves that format as well so that's really nice and it's got our branding on it it's got our unique doodles to it every every item looks like art right so that's something we're really excited about and i think it's something that just ties in so well with our core business on protein
1: very cool love it love it mike a question we like to ask people uh we call it brand fan so what's a brand or a product out there in the market that you think is doing super great stuff or has super great products inspires you, and you you maybe want to give a shout out to.
0: Oh wow, um, a bunch, but I will say I am. Uh, I've always loved good packaging, right? And that's yeah. one of the things. It's one of the things that I caught my eye about Kaz off the bat yeah. was holy crap, nobody does this, right? Look at this thing. Cool. And I was walking. I was in Harris Teeter, which is a regional grocer in the southeast. My my grocery store. And I'm walking down the aisle and I saw this can of sparkling waters, OraBora, and mm. the flavor profiles are awesome, crazy different and they're awesome. But the packaging, I looked at it and I said, wow, we've got, we've got like a cousin in water is kind of what it made me think of. This phenomenal packaging, really cool designs, and it's a really cool brand voice. I think what they do is a lot of fun and they're in a really, really tough space because sparkling water has exploded. It's similar to, you know, Better Few Sodas becoming like that too huge ollie fan by the way while we're talking about
2: yeah madness. shout out to Disa. she's killing it over absolutely. there absolutely i yeah. had
0: the um what's that the um the apple the crisp apple the seasonal flavor
2: yeah yeah
0: i grabbed that at whole foods twice in the last two weeks i think there were two for four and i i took everything off the shelf a couple of
2: yeah that brand's on yeah, fire she's she's doing an amazing job i mean no surprise there she's she's the best so yeah. excited to see that no
0: i think we all saw that coming but those are those are two really tough spaces, and Justin, I know you you probably better than I do know how difficult it can be just to be in in drinks in general from the rtd yeah. rtD stuff that we were involved in and so to be able to do that with the logistics costs and the the way that freight has gone through the roof in the last twelve to eighteen months mm-hmm. right like to be able to ship hands of bulk hands around the country and find a way to do it without bankrupting yourself it's its really impressive so yeah those are two brands though that i, I really love seeing on the shelf and I'm, I'm excited to see every time i do and i i usually end up buying buying both of them and spending two bucks and change for a can of water or soda <laughs> it goes counter to my normal consumer practices so they're doing a really good job being able to get me to go in on that but i love what they do i think those are two really fun really exciting brands there's a thousand of them pick an energy drink brand and i could talk about it forever they love caffeine yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah. No, very cool. And I, I agree with you. I'm a sucker for good packaging. I think if you're working in this space, you become like a huge fan of good packaging because you know how much time goes into that, how much time people spend on it. And when a brand really stands out, it sticks in your mind because there's just a sea of products. So agree. And so last question for you, Mike, the last question we like to ask people is, what advice would you give to someone starting out in the space, your younger self, basically, right? Someone that wanted to get into the CPG space or wanted to be an entrepreneur, just wanted to get involved in consumer products. What would you tell them? Uh,
0: you know, be a sponge is kind of how I would put it, because I, I've i been really lucky. I think about this more now. I guess, I guess this means I'm getting old, but I, I look back more than I ever used to. And when I look back on my career, I think how lucky I've been uh, at almost every stop to have these. Amazing professionals who have known so much, been so willing to pass this information on and, and be able to take away from all that. And I can hear the conversations I have every day where I if I sat down and looked at a transcript of some of the things I say, I could probably write people's names next to some of these, right? Like I could write next to the words, I could write Bob Sperling next to a lot of things I say every day. I was lucky enough to work for Bob when I was at UNFI and learn a ton from And just I could go down that list. There's a lot of people I've worked with. And I think that. What I'd say is don't miss those opportunities. Don't, you know, for whatever reason that you don't absorb it, you don't listen to it, you don't, you don't retain it and you don't think about it. Don't do that because everywhere you go, and this is something someone said to me years ago that's always resonated with every single person you meet is better than you are at something. And on a professional level, it's far more uh, pertinent because every person you work with has competency in something that you don't, and can teach you something that you don't know, no matter where they're at. There's something they know better than you do. So making sure you pull in and you retain that information, I think is so important. It can put you in a place to to know things. And then the other thing I would have loved to have told myself a long time ago was, uh, you know, be confident enough to speak when you have something to say. I I can think about a lot of meetings I've been in over the years, especially younger in my career, where you know you want to say something, you know you have something valuable and valid to say but you're looking around and you're thinking of oh, two directors and a vp and you know the president of our division here i better just shut up and write some stuff down and that's the wrong way to do you know if you've thought out what you want to say you know say it don't be afraid to be wrong don't be afraid mm-hmm. to have missed something because i've never worked anywhere where when you do that if you're wrong i've never been anywhere where someone's looking to say what do you, what's wrong with you <laughs> no nah, stop yeah mostly it's people who want to say I appreciate what you've got to say. Here's why I don't know if it exactly works and you can learn something. Never be afraid Mm -hmm. to be wrong or speak. up. I think those are two things. um, One I've benefited from because I always have soaked up knowledge from everyone I could, but I would have loved to have been speaking more, raising things more often and sooner in my career. I think that's big for me. Yeah,
2: I, I completely agree. I've been in meetings, you know, especially younger in my career when I didn't speak up and and then kicked myself for not doing it. And as I got kind of further along in my career, I saw that with junior people and I've given them that advice like if you've thought of something, like you can speak up. It doesn't titles don't really matter, right? Like everyone's entitled to share their opinion of what's going on and especially if you have, you know, a well-rounded knowledge of the situation, we need your input. So that that is important, absolutely. And I love the idea about being a sponge. I remember when you first started at Vega we had a meeting and you use that exact term that you wanna be a sponge, which is cool. So you you definitely lived that, which is awesome.
0: It's one of those things, I think, I don't know how unique how lucky I've been is, right? I think a lot of people have been in similar positions because there, there are a lot of really great CPG professionals out there uh, that you can learn from. I can look at every company I've been at, think of one, two or three folks, that I have learned so much from and grown so much and right up to and including where I am now and just being able to sit in. Some of these, call, I listen, there are some times where I do have to counter to my second piece of advice I gave it and literally just shut up because there's a <clears throat> there's a masterclass of, of analysis and problem solving going on in front of you. Like, this is how I feel. I'll sit there and I'll listen to our leadership team when they're speaking, and I'll just be like, "I need to stop," not because I don't have any value to add, but because I don't want to miss anything. Because mm-hmm. these guys are breaking down a problem in a way that I would not think to do. There's mm-hmm. other ways to look at. So, it they're there, and you know, everyone in our organization, man, you know, our our whole C suite is more than happy to grab the phones if, for anyone in this company to call and say, "Hey, can you?" talk to me about that for a while. I mean every single one of them will talk to you for as long as you let them and tell you tell you what they're thinking and how they got to somewhere and stuff. And that's amazing. And I think more folks in our business are like that than not. And so just taking advantage of that and you know and then getting to that point. Like I, I don't know that much, but hopefully I know some stuff that I can pass on and, and impart on some folks. That's kind of where I want to be, you know, where I want to see my career transitioning to is passing on some of that information, taking some of the things I've learned and put together from some of these just excellent and, and hyper successful people. And I've made my own little piece of it and passing that on to, to other people younger in their careers. Well said. Mike. Awesome.
2: Thanks for coming on, get, Mike.
0: Really
1: good to see you, dude. Yeah. Great to meet you. It was great.
0: Yeah. It was awesome meeting you, Alex, Justin. I, I miss you, man. It's great talking to you.
1: Likewise.
0: I, I will say, I think for our last year at Vega, this is the cadence we were on conversations anyway. Like I think yeah. we're going like, eight, unfortunately. Yeah. So, so but, uh, it is great. Great to chat, man. I'll, I'll say this is the last thing. And if we're done recording, that's fine too, because this is just for you really. But man, I, I can't believe the amount of people I still talk to on a yeah. fairly regular ve- basis from Vega, man. We had some we had some great people there. Agreed. And I love, I'm such a big fan of seeing what everyone's doing. You included, man. This thing is so cool. This podcast that you guys got Thank going. You. I'm a huge fan. I listened to a few episodes to try to understand what you guys were gonna do if it was some ambush journalism or something to...
2: <laughs> got gotcha
0: <laughs> but i i'm so excited for for you man this is this is a really cool thing to do uh, and i love what you guys are doing it's tons of fun to listen to for for people in the industry and, and stuff so awesome stuff and i'm really thank you for for you know Having me be a part of it and you know letting letting me rant for the better part of sixty minutes here about some stuff. Hopefully it was coherent enough to use. Yeah, yeah
2: absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Great, yeah it's, great to you. Have you on. yeah, it's been a lot of fun doing this because of this exact reason to connect with people I I haven't talked to in a while, right? So some ex Vega people for sure, some ex people from other companies, and it's really fun to just like reconnect and connect with people. And great example, right? I have your cell number now, so which I didn't have before because because we change numbers and we leave companies and stuff, right? So It's nice to reconnect with a lot of people and just hear their stories. And I'm learning, I learned stuff about you today that I didn't know. So that's, that's sort of cool too. Yeah, I I think it's, it's,
0: I'm a big podcast fan. I think the fact that you can, you can have a conversation like that, the fact that people want to listen to people talk to one another in some of these formats is almost hilarious to me, right? But uh, I think it's so cool that you can tune in. It's almost like you get to get a snapshot of a, a really interesting person and I'm not saying I'm a really interesting person, but other people <laughs> who are involved in these things, you can kind of step into the life of someone you find interesting. Yeah. And just yeah. what are you doing for an hour? Like let me check this out. It's really cool. And when it's industry relevant. <clears throat> I love it. So this is this was a ton of fun, man. It really was great connecting again. you got my phone number, my new phone number now. So obviously yeah. call text me because if you call me, I think there's some international rates involved because you're still in Canada. <laughs> but,
2: yeah, <text> me. <laughs> yeah man. Appreciate it. Well thanks for coming on enjoy Florida while you're down there. It's, it's in the twenties and raining here. So enjoy Florida and yeah. we'll chat soon. I, I will
0: do my best 30 minutes away from stepping on a show floor, which is my favorite thing in the world. So I'm excited. And yeah, absolutely. We'll talk soon. Thank you guys. Awesome.
1: Thank you. Take care. Have a great day.
2: You too. Thanks. Bye. Yeah. How about that? So good to catch up with Mike. Um, just a really genuine dude. Great to hear his voice, talk to him. One of the weird things about working, you know, with people across North America remotely is like, you know, I only got to see Mike like a handful of times in person, but on calls with them all the time. And then, of course, as we move away from some of these companies, you lose touch with people a little bit. And so um just super thankful for Mike reaching out. He's a fan of the podcast. He said really nice things, which, you know, that's the way to my heart, say nice things to me. Um and uh, was glad that we got the chance to sit down with him and and you got the chance to meet him. What do you think, Alex? Well, I, I thought I was a little
1: jealous that he was in Florida. Uh, for one, I think that uh, you know, as uh, someone sitting in Ontario right now, uh, <laughs> it's shiver- <cold> shivering, <laughs> um, yeah. I cold uh, I, I feel a certain degree of envy. But I I thought he was great. I thought he was really um, you know, thoughtful, and I really liked a lot of what he had to say um about his career and and what he shared. I thought. You know his 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 decision to come back into um, into consumer products mm. um, after making kind of that transition out to to recruitment. I thought was like you know one of these um, you know really honest and authentic um, assessments of 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 how you take inventory of what in a job works for you and and what doesn't and 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 take action to change it. And then I thought, you know, generally speaking, like I, I thought his overall kind of POV on 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 how they're building the business they're building today, which I thought, you know, it was a pretty cool story and pretty impressive. You know, almost doubling the distribution points in the last last twelve months was um, was really, really like uh, really good learning for me, um, and, and mm-hmm. just how they how how they you know operate with intent to diversify their overall uh distribution strategy and and clearly are having success not just doing that but also um maintaining velocity through a strong uh a strong brand that's a good consumer fit i thought it was i thought it was uh i thought it was really you know in infor- you know informative for me and and hopefully for our listeners how about you
2: yeah it feels like you know when i was at vega i remember talking about costs and, and what they were doing is they were building a distribution and you know a competitor and feels like since mike's gone there it's like every week there's a new distribution win so he's absolutely crushing it in that role um it's always interesting when we meet with people that that you know one of us already knows from a a past life or from working with and to me the takeaways are a little bit different um just because i already know him but it's like he does these things that will ensure that he is successful like one of them you talked about like he takes action like he's very deliberate in what he does and the decisions he makes right i think he has an incredible point of view on like how to build a team, how to build a business, how to look at uh, business in general, the CPG world. He really knows his numbers. Like he's talking about like specific numbers in terms of distribution points and things like that. And mm-hmm. then the biggest piece with him that I find is that he shares credit so well. And like, not only does he share credit and say things like, you know, I didn't have anything to do with that. This is the person that did that. He specifically names the person that did it and when they did it, which I always find yeah. him, like, so impactful.
1: I thought he had a lot of, um. I thought he had a lot of care and humility and talking about what is, you know, nothing happens alone. You're always having help. And I thought he did a great job of, of taking pause to, you know, call out the people who made various things, uh, various successes that he's been part of
2: possible. I I always appreciate that. Yeah. Just an overall, overall great guy. Um, Yeah. It can't say enough good things about him, but uh, hopefully we'll catch up with him sometime soon. You know, here, here comes our plug. If you haven't already, Make sure to like, subscribe, follow us on social media. Five-star reviews go a really, really long way. Do it. We will chat soon. Bye, everyone.